Hello, 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 and welcome to Rainbows Rising, where we ascend together. I'm Rainbow Raja, Shaw woman and transformational coach. I teach skills to help you rise to the best version of yourself, healing trauma, having perception shifts, and laughing along the way. Each month, we cover a topic or modality to offer new insights, tips, and healing skills to aspire you to ascend. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I have two incredible Reiki masters with me. We have Cynthia and Toby Amison. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so happy to have you guys on. You guys are my Reiki masters. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to be here. Um, I I would love to be able to, to just share with everyone. I... I learned Reiki first with them. I told you guys how um, my first experience with Reiki was, but something that I didn't share is how many times after I went through your guys' program, I went and I tried to just touch up on my Reiki and I went to other teachers and it was not the same experience. And I have had so many students come to me saying, I went to a Reiki master, I learned Reiki already, or I went to a Reiki healer. I didn't feel like anything happened and they come to me and they say the experience is completely different they have no idea why that was so different they felt nothing before the reiki wasn't working and now suddenly it is and it it's i i don't i i don't have any words for it i just know that whatever you guys taught me works (laughs) (laughs) we like to that So share, share your journey and how, how you found it and all that stuff. Okay. Well, once upon a time, the two of us were um, studying abroad together uh, while we were at university and we studied in Kyoto, Japan. And um, while we were there, we both developed some health conditions that were very painful and um, did the whole medical route, and there wasn't much that medicine could offer for us. So we were talking to our spirituality teacher one day. Um, we took a, a class in English on um, Japanese religions and spirituality, and he suggested that we try a Japanese technique called forest bathing, which is where you go out into a forest and take a hike and pray and be with the nature spirits and just be out in nature for a while. And the idea is that nature itself is cleansing and healing and, um, you know, good things can happen if you do that. And we were like, okay, sure. We'll give that a try. We really like nature and we're totally here for meeting all these Japanese forest spirits. We keep hearing about in, you know, folklore and stuff. Let's go. Let's see if we can find something. Um, So we, we did take a hike um, from, Kurama to Kibune. That's right. Yeah. And um, that's basically over a mountain and through a valley. Kurama and Kibune are both mountains. So we started on Kurama Mountain and then went through the valley and ended up on Kibune Mountain. Yeah. 
And um, it's all really, really deep, old primordial forest. Like these trees are hundreds of years old and they're almost untouched by humans. Um, there are a few people there, monks and things that live out in the forest and take care of the trails and stuff and try to make sure that they're, the human impact on the forest is as minimized as possible. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a very natural and very respected area. And there's um, there's sort of a trail marked from one end to the other. So we, we did this... Um, pilgrimage they call it a spiritual pilgrimage from one place to the other um through this forest and it was one of the most beautiful experiences i have ever had in my life um it the forest has a living presence and it feels like being watched but in that like a loving parent has your hand kind of way and um we felt very safe and very guided course while we were there we were being very respectful of all of the nature and you know not being too noisy and not leaving anything behind and all of those you know be good to nature things and had a couple of like really beautiful moments while we were out in this forest of just feeling very connected to life and to nature and to spirit and to spirit very much to spirit and by the time we got to the other end of this hike, it was about an eight-hour hike. Um, neither of us had any pain. And for both of us, you know, hiking for eight hours, that was kind of nuts. That was a big deal. <laughs> um, given that we had been there because we weren't feeling well. Yeah, we started out in quite a bit of pain. Yeah. Um, so she had back problems and I had an ovarian cyst. And both of those things were very painful when we started. And we weren't sure we were even going to make the whole hike. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the end of the day, there was no pain. It, it felt so light and easy to mm-hmm. be walking through that forest. Yeah. And a couple days later, after that beautiful hike, there was there was nothing on my scan. My ovarian cyst had disappeared. And the doctors were like, oh, that's amazing. Cool. It spontaneously went away. They do that sometimes. Did you do anything special? And I was like, um, we, we did this forest bathing thing. And they were like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and to the Japanese doctors, this was like, that made sense. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine saying that to a Western doctor? Though? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they they were practitioners of Western medicine, but they were very cool with that. They were like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Good for you. Forest bathing. Yep, that's probably what did it. (laughs) So so we had this beautiful experience on the mountain and the forest. And this healing that happened. Yeah, and this um, incredible, you know, physical and spiritual healing that happened. Both of us were very moved um, from the experience and, um, you know, felt a lot of both physical and spiritual well-being coming out of that. Yeah. And after that, um, we went back home and uh, we were looking into energy modalities in that like, oh, other people do this. This is exciting. Oh, is this real? I want to go. Besides us, do this. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. (laughs) And we found um, a practitioner in Santa Rosa. Her name is Kathleen Prasad. She is the uh, leading animal Reiki Reiki therapist in the nation. Um, And uh, so we went up to take her class and at her class, she was talking about the history of Reiki. And one of the things we learned was that uh, the founder of Reiki, um, Mikao Usui, uh, received his Reiki Um, attunements 
moment of enlightenment, whatever you would like to call that. that. The, the Reiki, you know, came upon him. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was inspired to create Reiki because he had a big spiritual experience, right? And it was on Mount Kurama. It was in that place where we had been healed. Yeah. <laughs> some some sacred site that is huh yeah exactly yeah so you know we had literally had this spiritual healing at the sacred site where mm. usui sensei had received his you know reiki knowledge and attunement and we didn't know that for like a year yeah <laughs> yeah so to talk about synchronicity. Very yeah, much. there Very are no coincidences so. in life. Holy crap. So we're like, oh, this is the modality for us, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we, we took Reiki 1 with Kathleen and went back for Reiki 2. And then our master level Reiki 3 was with uh, Carrie Draper. She um, she does oncology Reiki and she runs a Reiki program called um, Huntington, Huntington Beach, Beach Reiki. Reiki. She's in Orange County mm-hmm. in Huntington Beach in Southern California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also a really wonderful t- practitioner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much. Uh, so, you know, from there we were practicing and uh, just developing our skills and, um, you know, diving deeper into Reiki. One of the fun things for us about Reiki, we're, we're very much like self-learners. We like to explore on our own. Um, and so one of the first things that we learned in Reiki is that Reiki will teach you. Yep. And that was one of the first things that Kathleen said to us. And we were like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so essentially you learn how to find the Reiki space. And from there, you don't actually necessarily need a teacher. The teacher's there to guide you and to help you um, go through the concepts and the principles and the practices that have been established by mm. Reiki masters over the decades. But you don't necessarily need that because if you're open to the flow of Reiki, Reiki will show you how to do what it does. And so one of the fun things that we enjoyed doing is we would take a level. So we started with level one, then we'd go practice and we'd practice and we practice and we practice. And then we went back to level two and then Kathleen starts talking about, okay, so here are the level two techniques. And we were like, oh, we did that already. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've been doing that for a while now. Yeah, we've been doing that already. And that was showed us that. Yeah, that was very, very validating, very cool to like have discovered this on our own and then to go back to class and then have that be part of the, you know, official material. Yeah. Yeah, we so. took about six months between level one and level two just to give ourselves a chance to kind of play with it and mm-hmm. be with it and learn what we could out of level one before we tried to add anything more. Mm-hmm. Um, level one is kind of the basic level where you learn how to tune into the Reiki flow and how to do the hard breathing. There's a lot of self-care in Reiki one. Mm-hmm. And then in level two, you start adding more advanced techniques. So there's kind of an assumption that you've mastered the ability to get into the Reiki space by the time you reach level two. Mm-hmm. So we really wanted, we were honor students, right? We really, really wanted to make sure that we were ready for level two yeah. <laughs> and over-prepared. <laughs> I, th- I think I ended up taking, what, a year between Reiki yeah. one and two? For yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's, that's, that's very fine. I mean... <laughs> It's possible with a lot of teachers to take, you know, one and two very close together. Um, Some people will even, sorry, go ahead. ahead. Some people will even do the, um, like, one through master level in a single weekend. Yeah. I don't really recommend because it's a lot to handle. 
Um, it, it's like but, taking like an entire college course in one sitting, you know, it's like, yeah, there's, I don't know. I, I definitely, anytime somebody talks about learning Reiki, I don't recommend that just because there's so much to absorb and it's like, they don't have any time to actually right. apply the skills and, yeah. yes. you know, and then, and then they, you know, it's all kind of ego based in my opinion, in my opinion, <laughs> it's it all my be. opinion. It can be. It's a lot more likely to end up in an ego-based place if you haven't really taken the time to mm -hmm. let the Reiki show you. Yes. If you're moving through it too fast, you might be listening to your own inner filter rather than the actual flow of the Reiki. Yeah. And it can take a while. It can take some practice to be able to tell the difference between your inner ego filter and what the flow is actually showing you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and another thing about you know, uh, moving through Reiki very quickly is that Reiki is very much a, a being practice rather than a doing practice. So when you look at the teachings of Reiki, like the actual techniques and concepts and, and you know, what is, what is there to memorize sort of thing, it's not that much. It's just, it's this handful of techniques and this handful of, you know, principles that you learn. So looking at it from, um, I'm going to say from a Western point of view, looking at it from a Western point of view where everything is about like, well, how much knowledge does it contain? You, you can make Reiki boil down into just a handful of ideas, but that's not where the power is. Yeah. The power of Reiki is in the being and learning how to be with the energy flow and with yourself and with the relationship of you to the universe and the relationship of you and whoever you're offering the Reiki to, like, that's the hard part. It's not the actual concepts. We say a lot when we teach Reiki that, you know, Reiki is very simple, but mm -hmm. it's not easy. Yeah. I know that even though I've been doing it for what 10 years god it's been 10 years oh my gosh right? <laughs> happy 10 year oh, god. <laughs> oh wow you guys happy 10 year friendship anniversary <laughs> um i know that even even in this this space i will catch myself yes you know like i i mean if i'm not doing reiki every single day I will fall out of flow with my own life and mm -hmm. find myself in anxiety and not in the moment. But if I'm doing Reiki every day, even if it's just like 30 minutes, just throughout the day, just like splitting it up, just mm -hmm. like my it's life goes so, bad. everything just flows. Everything in my life just works out. And yeah. I don't know why. I don't know how. And then when I'm with clients, if I break the flow, and I end up like thinking about, oh, you know, oh, I can tell that this client is like not 100% asleep yet. And <laughs> I, I wonder what's keeping them up. And are they are they having a good time? Are they enjoying this? I wonder if they're if they're wondering what I'm doing. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait a second, my hands, they're not working. What's going on? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, where did the flow go? It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it took me a while. Like, I if I had jumped from Reiki 1 to Reiki 2 in that first year, I don't think I would have been able to tell the difference between mm -hmm. it being, you know, what, what we call on and off, right? Right, sure. Right. 
Now, something I did talk about a lot last week was the difference between Western and, you know, West, Western and Japanese Reiki, like the tradition, traditional okay. Reiki, yeah. Western Reiki. And in my, you know, in my personal teachings, I actually break it all down. I did a whole bunch of research on um, how in Japan they teach it versus how Westerners teach it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I give people the option. I'm like, you can, you know, take pieces of whatever works for you. There's no bad or good way. It's just an understanding of like how your mind works and how you are going to absorb these concepts better because really that's what it comes down to for you to be able to feel it more. Right, right. Yeah. So again, Reiki's very simple, right? It is. But it's not, <laughs> it's not easy. And it's the way of being in Reiki is a little bit counter to the way that we are trained to live in Western societies. Yes. We are so hustle culture and uh, you know, constantly producing things and constantly doing and, you know, being very active. And this is what our society values. Mm -hmm. Literally with money, it values this. Yeah. But the, the, Reiki way of being is literally about being, sitting still and listening and observing to what's going on and being a part of the flow of life. And giving up control. Yeah. You have to surrender control you or it doesn't work. You give up control. Yeah. Like and pulling that's, back almost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like like it just literally like taking a back seat and letting Reiki guide you. Yeah. And if you don't, it doesn't happen. Yeah. And not to say that you can't do energy work from that space, because there are a lot of people who do just as I love. Um, but what you're doing in that space is no longer Reiki. If you've fallen out of the flow, now you're doing energy manipulation. And I yep. hope you have enough training behind you to be able to do that safely. I, I talked about that last week too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, to, to piggyback off what you were saying about the Japanese versus Western teaching, mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we like to talk about is that, you know, from what records we have of Usui Sensei, like the original founder the way that he taught he was a buddhist monk right um is he would just sit in the temple with his students and he would just be the reiki mm. with them and that was literally how the teaching is the students would sit and meditate with him and be in the the created feeling space of that universal love energy that universal well-being and life force energy just the ooey gooey yeah yes just him like <laughs> emanating that into the room like and and letting the students feel that mm -hmm. and through feeling that then they learned how to also be it yeah. right so it's taking a feeling and then becoming it right yeah. and i i think going back to what you were saying at the beginning i think this might be the difference um between why some Reiki practitioners, you know, I don't feel anything. Is anything happening? Is this real? And some people are like, oh my God, that was the most powerful experience I've ever had in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the factors there is how, how much is the practitioner really in the flow? Yeah. How much have they gotten out of the way and surrendered and are just letting the Reiki be the power in the room? Mm -hmm. um, and how much are they trying to do something in order to get paid <laughs> because those, mm -hmm. those two um, mentalities are just so far apart in the, in the energy flow. Yeah. Really are. Yeah. I'm definitely, you know, teaching over the years. Um, a lot of the difficulties that our students come back to us with is like, okay, I, you know, I'm great when I'm in the classroom and, you know, the Reiki's flowing and it's awesome. And then I go and I do a paid session 
And then all that happens is I panic, you know, like, am I doing anything? They're paying me for this. I, I need to do something. This person is coming to me with their pain or their, you know, discomfort or their, you know, their whatever, whatever issue they're issue. coming in with. And then now all I'm thinking about is I need to fix your issue. Yeah. And that is like the the most certain way to shut off the Reiki. <laughs> kind of the opposite. So speaking, speaking of that, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of people that are obviously listening to this podcast, we hope that they go into uh, doing Reiki for others eventually, right? Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think a lot of people are going to be utilizing this for themselves. At least right, yeah. I, 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 that's my intention, right? Right. So, um, you know, how, how do you do Reiki on yourself without getting in your own way because you know you have to be awake <laughs> enough to do reiki on yourself and in a way you feel like you're having to fix yourself like that's that's your intention going is i've got a problem i'm trying to fix it mm-hmm. so maybe you can give some guidance to to the listeners on like how they can approach their own self-healing in a way that's going to support their healing more than like them feeling like they have to nurse themselves Right. right. Yeah. So let's start with the concept of what, what is Reiki? What exactly is it? What's this feeling we're going for? And probably all of you have already experienced the Reiki feeling at some point in your life, because all it is, is the flow of life. It is the sense of universal love and universal well-being. And that's being present in the moment and feeling good and safe in your body. So you can be in the flow of life and the flow of Reiki when you're doing art, when you're being creative, when you're exercising, when you're meditating, when you're doing yoga, when you're having a really nice bath, when you're walking out in nature. It's just that sense of being connected to life and the universe and the world around you. Some people will call this being in the zone. Um, some people will call this being in the flow. Um, it can be an active thing. It can be while you're exercising or while you're, you know, creating something or while you're working on something that you're very focused on. All of that can also contain that flow. And for those of you who might have trauma, sitting still with your body um, and feeling safe might not be something that's easily accessible, but you can still do the Reiki. You can still practice the being with yourself but maybe instead of sitting still and closing your eyes you want to take a walk and see if you can feel into the space around you can you feel the grass and the trees can you feel the sky and the ground beneath your feet Um, and trying to connect with that sense of life and world and nature outside of your own body that can be a, a safe anchor for people who have trouble sitting still in their own body. Mm-hmm. That the idea of like right now in this moment, there's nothing going on. I'm safe here mm-hmm. right now in this, this immediate moment in my body. Right. I'm, I'm here with the sky and the air and the sun. And right now in this moment, there is safety and you can start to feel that sense of, that universal presence that 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 life energy connecting with you and embracing you mm-hmm. um, with that kind of practice. Um, I had I had another. Go thought. ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, another thought here. 
oh no, come back, thought. Save your turn. Use Reiki. ADHD, gone. <laughs> what was the question? Uh, we were talking about. Um, you were talking about trauma. Reiki and people with trauma. Ways. Ah, uh, no, that's not what I was going to talk about. Nope. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Not okay. related. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway. So, so I, I like that you brought up people with trauma and how difficult it can be to, to feel into your body as, and you encourage them to like take walks or just be hmm. in the moment with what you're doing. I find that I do Reiki like when I'm doing dishes, when I'm driving mm -hmm. in my car. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. I can even do it watching TV. I find yes. I, you know, when I'm yes. having social anxiety, doing Reiki, when yes. I'm like listening to somebody talk makes me feel less anxious in the moment. Right. And those are all ways that I have applied Reiki, right. you know, like passively to my life yes. to mm -hmm. make me more comfortable yes. in my own skin and in my yes. own situation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I caught my thought. I remember <laughs> what I was going to say. So the other thing that is really hard for a lot of us kind of at all stages of Reiki practice, whether you're new or whether you're very advanced is hanging on to this idea of I'm wounded and I need healing mm -hmm. and I'm coming to this space because I'm in pain or I'm having a problem and there's something that needs to be fixed and letting go of the idea that you need to fix something in Reiki space. Instead, Think of it like, okay, this is how I'm showing up today. This is how I feel right now. I'm in pain. These things in my life are out of balance. What does love know about this? Mm. What does the universe know about this situation? What direction is life already trying to pull me that I haven't been quiet enough to hear? Mm. And by asking th this question, this type of question, you're asking the Reiki, okay, what do you already know? What is already the movement of life trying to happen in me to return me to balance and well-being? Okay. And you can start to feel that there's a direction to the flow. Um, it's from where you're at toward well-being. And there are steps along that path. And maybe you're only going to get one step. In fact, usually it's only the step in front of you that Reiki will make you aware of. It won't give you the 25-step plan from A to Z because that would be overwhelming. Overwhelming. Most of us looking at a 25-step plan would just give up. <laughs> so Reiki doesn't usually do that. It usually just lays out what's the next step toward well-being. Mm. So instead of asking, how do I fix myself? We start asking, okay, Reiki, what do you know about this? What does love know about this? What does life already want for me? What direction should I move for well-being? And by asking those more open questions, you can start to feel what the direction of that next step is. And you might start having an emotional release. You might start having an inspiration or a new train of thought. You, you know, might suddenly become aware of something really, really uncomfortable and start thinking about it. But as long as you can think about it within that Reiki space, the Reiki can start to unwind the places where those thought patterns have gotten rigid or stuck. And start to show you places where you could shift your perspective and open up some more possibility for yourself. And maybe all that happens is that you relax. Yeah. And that's a really actually important step toward well-being and toward healing is being able to relax. So many of us go through our lives holding tension and, you know, uh, holding on to things and 
not being able to like really relax into our bodies and into our lives. So sometimes the next step toward well-being is Reiki's like, all right, we're going to get you to relax today. <laughs> and you get in the flow and you're breathing and all uh, your body starts to melt. And then maybe you go to sleep. And that that's, that's cool. about where I am. I, I know you guys are doing Reiki. I'm like, stay awake for interview. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So Reiki, stay awake for the interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Reiki will always bring you what you need. Um, when you get into that, you know, space of universal love and universal well-being and Reiki moves you toward the next step of well-being. Um, it's not always what you think it is. In fact, oftentimes it's not, you know, you go to the space and, and you're like, oh, I'm having this problem in my life. Reiki, what's going on? Reiki's like, take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> You know that song, I took a walk. We should just make it, I took a nap. Do, 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 do. Right? Yeah. yeah. There you go. I mean, sometimes it's go eat a sandwich. Yeah. Sometimes it's, you know, go play with the cat. There's not always going to be, this is how you fix this problem in your life because you're just so far into that problem that it's going to take a while to kind of work your vibration out and of unwind that. It. Unwind yeah. it. Unwind it. Unravel it enough. It takes a lot of security and well-being mm -hmm. sometimes to hear an answer like you need to change everything yeah mm -hmm. so if that's the answer that reiki's guiding you toward it may not come all in one dump mm -hmm. it might it might be you know first we're going to get you used to relaxing and then we're going to get you used to the idea that oh that's kind of uncomfortable maybe we could improve it a little bit and reiki will give you only the kind of steps that you can handle it's not going to turn your life upside down unless that is actually what you need mm-hmm and sometimes even more uncomfortable than you need to turn your life upside down and shake it is you need to do nothing. Yep. Right? Like I find you, that Reiki is is really good at getting you to completely do the opposite of what you think you should be doing. Exactly. And yeah. then when you let go of what you think you should be doing is when you realize what you really should be doing. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, I know, when we have a problem, a lot of times we want an action step, like, okay, tell me what to do. And sometimes Ricky's like, you can't control this. Go chill. <laughs> Go relax. Take a bath. You know? Yes. <laughs> sometimes Ricky's like, that's not actually any of your business or that's not under your control. That's in somebody else's hands right now. So why don't you go do something that feels good instead? Mm -hmm. And, you know, let the universe move, you know, let the universe do its thing. Um, and, and when there is an action step, Reiki will definitely give you the urge to go get up and move. Yes. Yes. It's not always passive. Sometimes it's like a, sometimes it's very active. Sometimes like a lightning bolt or a, a giant waterfall, you know, all very of a sudden you have this like energy and you want to go do the thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so that, that's also a possibility. Um, but really, you know, what you're looking for is that like open space of, you know, just listening and like setting aside your expectations, setting aside your um, emotional stakes in whatever is going on with you. I think that's one of the hardest things getting into the space is like, if, if your life is extremely uncomfortable right now, you have a huge emotional stake in making it better. Right. Mm -hmm. And then coming to the Reiki space, you're like, I have an agenda. And Reiki's like, oh, okay, well, we're just gonna, we're gonna wait until you let, don't do that <laughs> so you let that go a little so you let that go because yeah. we can't move you until you release control enough to let us guide you and that's you know that's what you're looking for is that like releasing of your agenda and your you know emotional stakes and just letting the flow of life speak and move you and guide you 
So I noticed that the way you guys talk about Reiki is very much almost like you're speaking about a human. Like the way you <laughs> refer to Reiki is as you would a living creature, person, human, right? So more, more like a divinity, I would say. Okay. In All a right. human person, um, we we think of Reiki as you know uh, you you could potentially compare Reiki to uh, a godlike being. We we say that Reiki is divine love. Yes, it is. Okay. It is the conscious awareness mm-hmm. of the universe. It is an all knowing and all loving presence. Mm-hmm. It's completely benevolent. It's only ever moving in the direction of your well being, mm-hmm. and it's we don't we don't want to externalize it too much because yes. it's, it's what you're made of. Yeah, literally, you're made of life energy. Um, everything in the universe is made at its most basic level out of love, and when you can tune into that that gentle loving vibration things can shift in the outside world mm-hmm. and in your inner world um so it's not that reiki is outside of you and separate from you it is you it is your deepest life force yes, yes. so when we say reiki will give you something or when we say that you know we're asking a questions or talking to it or whatever right what we're referring to is getting quiet enough that you can hear your own soul really Right. Like you can hear mm. the spark of life inside you because you're made of the stuff of the universe. Right. Everything is energy. Right. We have that in physics. Everything is made of energy, including us. And um, so what we're doing in Reiki is we're getting quiet enough to hear that life energy inside us, because a lot of times in these physical bodies, we get very busy with what's going on with the physical bodies, um, which is not a bad thing. But, you know, sometimes the body gets loud mm-hmm. and sometimes the thinky brain gets loud. And right? sometimes your life circumstances get very loud. Get very loud. Yeah. And then it becomes hard to hear that the quiet, you know, it's 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 this like quiet, soft whisper of what your your inner self knows, what that, that spark of life inside of you knows. Mm-hmm. And when you can connect with that, it's very nourishing mm-hmm. and it's very relaxing. It can be energizing if you were down and you need a spark of energy that can be there for you also. Mm-hmm. Um, every time you meet it, it might be a new experience. Um, it's not always the same in every session, except mm-hmm. for that it feels good. What feels good to you right now? What's mm-hmm. the direction of feeling good? Mm-hmm. One you other thing I wanted to is like, I really love that you guys have this extremely complex relationship with this modality like that's <laughs> yes. what it, it's a, it's a yes. modality but it's at the same time you guys have developed this extremely complex system of relation to this energy this uh-huh. sense of being um and the other day i think it was like last week i was teaching uh-huh. uh reiki and the person i was teaching is a very analytical logical person and they were like i'm not buying this and i asked you know i was doing reiki in the room and i was like okay give me give me an analogy that can help this person understand like what what this is and and how Mm -hmm. you know how they can relate to it and i got the answer that like our body has white blood cells that attack disease Mm -hmm. and you know imbalances in the body Reiki is the energetic equivalent to that. It finds Mm -hmm. disharmony in environments and in the body. 
and it attack you know not necessarily attacks but like it almost absorbs it yeah. And like it's harmonizes like, yeah, it. Yeah, harmonizes. Yeah. Harmonizes it. And then once it is the same frequency as that, it moves on to another thing that is like the right. polar opposite, like a magnet. You have a right. positive and negative end. And mm -hmm. the positive Reiki is like, oh, look, here's this thing that is not life. Right. Decay. And it just comes over and it's like, hey, become positive. And it turns it positive. It's like, okay, let's move on. I just thought. You know, as I'm explaining it to this this person, I was like, I have never imagined Reiki this way. I have never related <laughs> Reiki this way. Yeah. And it was such a, for me, it was like, this is the most analytical way to look at this form. And, you know, we have, we have all these medical institutions that are trying really hard to quantify this mm -hmm. new energy modality because they're seeing results. And they're right. like, we don't have a way to measure it. And yeah. I just think it's really interesting that, like you said earlier, Reiki does teach as yeah. we sit with it. Yes. So I'm wondering when we'll get to a point when we can sit with Reiki and be like, Reiki, help us come out with a way to quantify. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, give well, Western medicine a way to be able to, <laughs> to prove your existence beyond just <laughs> research studies well reiki doesn't really care about western no, research. Re reiki's like it <laughs> reiki i mean again reiki is, you can conceptualize it as any kind of like power that is what the universe is made of you know in, in physics we have this the concept of everything is energy right that's reiki and, you know, in various spiritualities, we have various kinds of, um, you know, all loving, all knowing beings, right? That's the same energy. Mm -hmm. So really, it's, you know, this is when we talk about Reiki, we're talking about this particular metaphor mm -hmm. for the same spiritual, beautiful practice that many, many other modalities are conceptualizing as well including religions mm -hmm. and so it doesn't really matter you know if you use the word reiki or if you use something else um we've definitely explained reiki in class in terms of like spiritual or religious mm -hmm. um concepts. terms concepts and it doesn't matter the the point is the feeling whatever metaphor gets you to the feeling of that that safety and that you know the universe is on my side and i am loved and i am safe and i am moving toward well-being whatever gets you there mm -hmm. that's fine you know mm -hmm. and um the rest of it is just words you know and and it in reiki doesn't care <laughs> you conceptualize it because it's about the feeling you know so um, so these these new people who are just now learning about the Reiki space, mm -hmm. they're practicing this Reiki space for themselves and for mm -hmm. maybe their bedrooms or, right, right. you know, their work meetings. They're mm -hmm. just sitting there in the space, right? Yes. Um, you know, would you, would you, like, where do you stand in regards to people taking that one step further and going, well, I've been doing this for a little bit. I feel like I should be doing this for other people now and I'm going to go start selling my services. Well, um, as a field, uh, we encourage people to go get certified. 
obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Just wanted to make sure we're, we're all on the same. You hear yeah. that, guys? I said that last week. <laughs> so, so that being said, all living beings are already a part of Reiki, and you don't actually need a teacher in order to be able to tune into your own connection to life. However, <laughs> if you want to sell it, right, and you want to call a Reiki, then you're going to need a certification. Yeah. Yeah. Because That's like an ethical thing. You don't go around and start tweaking people because yeah, it, no matter what you, you do, you shouldn't be tweaking people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't be tweaking people, whether it's Reiki or not. You guys should make yeah, sure no tweaking. Yeah. No tweaking. <laughs> in a in a class with a teacher, you can learn some basic safety skills that are, that can be very important for not doing harm. Um, a lot of people who jump into energy work and start doing it on other people before they have enough understanding of what it is. Um, do harm in other people's fields. I have had many people come through my practice who've been harmed by other practitioners yeah. um, who maybe weren't ready for the kind of work that they were attempting. Um, so uh, Reiki will not do harm, but humans can. Yes. And if you are doing energy manipulation and calling it Reiki, it is not Reiki. It is energy manipulation. <laughs> you can call it whatever you want. It doesn't matter. The point is, it's not It's not what you say you <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. you know. so for safety reasons it's a good idea to take a class and and for the preserving the reputation of the field mm-hmm. it's very important that everybody who's a practitioner actually goes and gets certified and gets attuned by somebody who's already been attuned in the system part of the understanding of what reiki is is that it's a lineage of energy being passed down from teacher to student right so if you haven't had any kind of attunement yet please go get one so that we're all sure that we're tuning into the same thing mm-hmm. and we can call it the same modality because we all know that we're tuning into that same vibration now that being said yeah there are 11 bajillion types of Reiki out there. Yes. And not all of them are going to feel the same as you yeah. brought up at the beginning of this, right? They're not called. Yeah, I've, I've actually, I've, I've had a bunch of different Reiki done. And, you know, I can tell you some of them were definitely nowhere near Reiki. And some of them had Reiki but then it was like cosmically entwined with some like some other, other things. But it was, you know, like some of them were really incredible. Sure, sure. And then yeah. others were like, what is this? Please don't touch me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> In this field, I mean, it's an unregulated field. Yeah. There aren't really any like formal bodies that get to decide who gets to be licensed and who doesn't or anything like that. It's kind of the Wild West. And there are a lot of people out there who just kind of, do their own thing. Do their own thing. And that can be very good, but it's also a little bit dangerous because not everybody actually knows what they're doing. And it's hard to tell what you're getting, you know, based on somebody's description of it. Right. right. You yeah. kind of got to use your instincts. Mm-hmm. Um, go with your gut feeling when you're working with somebody. If you get into a room with someone and you don't like them or you don't want them to touch you, then end the session and walk away. Or that's the case, maybe. Yeah. Um, and if you find somebody that you really connect with, even if they don't have a lot of like history and training, they might be a really great practitioner who's working on instinct with a very clear connection. Mm-hmm. So I think your own sense of them is mm-hmm. going to be your best indicator of whether that's a good move for you or not. Mm-hmm. Something you can. What do you guys think about like Reiki practitioners who? You know, like they obvious, you know, we all are trying to live our best lives, right? 
mm-hmm. do you think about Reiki practitioners that are like, hey, I really recommend you guys take this supplement that I've been taking. I think this supplement is amazing and I think it could really help you. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like sneaking ethics <laughs> in. I'm not sneaking it in. <laughs> Okay, I just want I just want the listeners to know like, no, if, they, right. if they see a massage therapist or they see a Reiki person or they see a hypnotherapist. I just want anybody who's a doctor, yes. Yeah. Anybody who's not a doctor. I just want them to know what's legally allowed because nobody talks about it. Yeah. 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 So uh, in this field, we are supposed to get taught um whether you're you know in the massage field or the energy field um that there are certain practices that are limited to doctors legally right so only doctors can diagnose only doctors can prescribe only doctors can recommend like literally we should not be using the word recommend Mm -hmm. which is really hard to edit out of your vocabulary sometimes as a practitioner (laughs) um you don't want to suggest even or prognosticate and what that means is that you are telling somebody um, how long they need to take a certain treatment in order for it to work or how long um, a particular illness or condition you're predicting is going to last so like for example um, in a reiki context if someone asks me oh how many how many sessions do i need to you know clear up my migraines i can't tell you that first of all it's illegal (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Second of all, you you are unique and you know what your body is doing is unique and I can't compare you to anybody else because they're not you. So it's gonna it's gonna take as long as it takes for you. Um, and there's a lot of factors that go into that. So it's not like it's neither legal nor accurate for us to be saying those things. Um, so you want to be very careful uh, with as a practitioner, we are very careful um, with our languaging, making sure that clients don't come away with an impression that we have told them to do something. And, um, you know, because if the pra- if the client goes home and they do the thing and, you know, the predicted result doesn't happen, first of all, they're mad. <laughs> but second of all, you might be legally liable. They could take you to court potentially. So as a client, going to sessions you want to be listening for your practitioner are they trying to persuade you into something are they you know suggesting you do things or recommending you do things or and judging a- you for not doing things or judging you for not doing things <laughs> <laughs> and you know trying to get you you know on board with their agenda you know a good um, energy practitioner does not have an agenda they're there to meet you where you are um and you know you walk into the room and that's you're fine where you are and we're here to offer the tools that we have to help you with whatever it is that your goal is you know if you if you want well-being then we're there to facilitate that if you want healing we're here to facilitate that we're not going to heal you but we can help you move toward that better feeling direction and um you know you want a practitioner that's going to work with you and is going to support you and not you know, boss you around and tell you what to do or tell you about their miracle cured, right? Or or tell you that they can cure your ills or, or mm-hmm. fix your problems because that's also not legal yeah. and not accurate because mm-hmm. in the flow of Reiki, it's not up to us. 
Yeah. This is between the client and the universe and their relationship to that and what that means for their life path and their spiritual and physical um, path through life. Mm -hmm. It's it's not up to us to say what that's going to look like for them um, or to to decide what that should look like for them Mm -hmm. because it's different for everybody. Um, So it's really important that you don't get people talking it's okay if a practitioner is like giving their personal experience with sure, sure. like, Hey, I used Reiki and this occurred for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody's different. There's a chance it could do something for you, but I don't right. know. Yes. Personal right. anecdotes are fine. Um, professional anecdotes are fine. I, you know, when clients come to me with, Hey, what do you think about, you know, this supplement or whatever, then I will talk about, what I know scientifically about what it does in the body. And also if I have any other clients or personal experience, how that came out, you know, did the supplement help with X, Y, Z or not with that individual case, but I'm not going to be like, Oh yeah, you should take that. What we're doing instead is we're offering the client more information so that they can make an informed decision for themselves about their health. We're not trying to push them into our conclusion, right? We're just offering them more information. Well, that's awesome. So if somebody, you know, like, let's say the listeners out there decide, hey, I'm going to go try this Reiki. I'm going to go get it with these people. And they Mm -hmm. show up and the lady's like, okay, here's your Reiki treatment. I noticed that you have some, you know, pains in these areas. You you could check out yoga. Here's an app. (laughs) Is is that bad? Yes. I'm not breaking rules. (laughs) Well, how to do it matters. Yeah, you want to phrase it like, you know, clients that have had these pains, these kinds of pains have had varying success with trying yoga. Would that be something you'd be interested in trying? You know, so again, you want to be careful with your phrasing because when you're in, when you're in a client therapist relationship, it's very important for the therapist and for the client to understand that the therapist has inherent power, the greater power in the room, just because they're the authority in the room, they're the professional in the room, they're the ones providing the expert service. The client is, you know, in a weaker position because, you know, they're trusting the therapist to know what they're talking about and to be an expert in their field. So anything that the therapist says is going to carry extra weight with the client. So clients, you want to be aware of that inherent power dynamic when you go into a session and be careful with making sure that you're not just following what the therapist wants. You know, if the therapist is is uh, being pushy or even just like subtly suggestive, that might sway you more than your your friend would or a random person on the street would. It's a subconscious dynamic. Most people are not aware of it. So if you're aware that I'm in the client position right now, and I might be more susceptible to this advice than I would normally be because I trust this expert, because mm-hmm. I'm asking somebody who knows more than I do in this in this field, um, just kind of take everything you hear with a grain of salt and remember that it is your responsibility as a client to determine what's right for you. And nobody outside of you can make that decision for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to do your due diligence still. You still want to like research things on your own, continue to gather information, and most importantly, listen to your instincts. Your body knows what it wants. So, you know, if you, if you're, if you hear something, if there's some, uh, you hear some advice, right? 
that, you know, the person giving it makes it sound really good, but you think about doing it and it doesn't feel so good in your body. You don't like that idea. Trust that instinct. Your body knows what it wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I wanted to bring this back around um, to this concept of the inner physician, because um, we've been talking about Reiki and and universal life force moving you toward well-being and um, and that, you know, that sense of universal wellness. And I want to tie that into the idea that, you know, just like you have universal life force already inside you, you are made of life, right? Therefore, your inner self has um, a clear sense of what it needs in order to heal. And your body is always trying to heal itself, Hmm. your whole body, including your mind and your brain. Like it's always trying to heal itself. And the, um, the difficulty is that a lot of times our life gets in the way. So we're not sleeping enough or, you know, we're running around, we're busy, we're stressed, we're, um, you know, not able to take care of ourselves, um, for whatever reason, but getting into a regulated, safe state of being like we do with Reiki is how that inner physician, that uh, inner knowing of what you need for healing activates and is able to start moving toward healing and wellness. Both the physical processes and the mental and emotional and the spiritual processes of moving you toward what brings you well-being. I think it's important to note here also that well-being like the outcome that you're reaching for may not be what you expect or what your goal is going in. So if you come to Reiki with a specific problem, Reiki can bring you toward well-being in anything, but it's not necessarily going to make you like you were before you had the problem. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a wild example of this would be like, you know, somebody loses a limb. The Reiki is not going to regrow the limb. The limb is gone. Reiki's role in that moment might be to help heal what's left. It might be to help you grieve the loss that you have experienced. It might be to help you find new ways of accommodating yourself and living your life Mm -hmm. so that you can return your life to a state of you enjoy living in it. And that might be your return to well-being. So it's not necessarily that Reiki is going to fix every problem back to the way it was before. That's not necessarily what healing is. Healing is about being, being well in your, in your sense of your life and your willingness to be in it and live it and enjoy it, be able to enjoy it in your present moment. Right now in this moment, I can enjoy the life that I'm in. Mm -hmm. That's what Reiki is moving you toward. So that being said, I've seen some really cool, miraculous sorts of things happen with Reiki. When, when that's what the flow of life is in that moment, really big, powerful, physical healing can happen. But it's not for us to promise that to anybody. It's not for us to help our clients expect those kinds of results because it's just not up to us what, what life is going to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. So as practitioners, as Reiki practitioners, what we bring to the session is the the therapeutic space. We are 
creating a feeling, a vibration um, by feeling it of universal love, universal well-being, and letting that inner healing mechanism, that inner physician guide the process. So mostly what we're doing as practitioners is we are listening. And especially when you're working on yourself, yes, you are listening and waiting mm-hmm. for the urge to move. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and some, something that we recommend for beginners in particular, when you're getting a feel of like, okay, what does it feel like when Reiki is moving me? What does that mean? What does that, what, what does that even mean? Is that you just sit and you wait and or, you know, if you're not doing a sitting meditation, that you walk and you wait <laughs> or whatever it is that you're doing um, and just notice what's going on in your body, in your feelings, in your thoughts and notice it. And, you know, you might notice I have the urge to put my hands over my heart. Okay. What if I don't? Right. And test it. Play with it right? Get playful with it. This is, you know, we, we often talk about Reiki very seriously, but it can be playful and fun too, right? So if you're practicing by yourself, okay, get an urge, all right, what happens if I don't, <laughs> right? What happens? And just see, you know, does what? the urge get stronger or does it move to something else or does it laugh at you and, and say it again, right? <laughs> yeah. What's does it just feeling? go there on its own? Right. right. Yeah. Does it just do it by itself? Like, right. yeah, exactly. does it do it without you? Right. <laughs> and, and just see what happens. You know, um, one of the beautiful things about Reiki is that when you're in the flow, you can't do it wrong. Right. So, you know, if you, if you get an urge in Reiki and you're like, nah, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. What's going to happen? Right. Then nothing bad is going to happen as long as you're staying in the flow and, you know, you're, you're still connecting with that sense of well-being Reiki will just do something else or or it'll do it anyway it'll do it anyway get louder you know whatever um so you know it's a very it's a great modality to start with when you're doing energy work because you know when you connect and you get in the flow you literally can't do harm with it the Reiki will not do harm yes if you are starting to move in a direction that isn't right for that session the Reiki stops flowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're, if you're doing something and then all of a sudden, where did the Reiki go? Yep. That's not where Reiki was going. <laughs> that's not where Reiki was going. <laughs> go find it. Go look for it. Cause that's not where Reiki was going. Yeah. yeah. You know? and, and that's definitely something that, you know, a lot of beginners and even advanced practitioners at times can struggle with. It's like, you know, you're, especially when you start getting into like, oh, I know what I'm doing now. Woo. Right. And you're like, I'm going to do this technique. And Reiki's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, you you're trying to be a show off. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> and, people, and people do get excited about the techniques that they learn, that they want to try it. Or like, you know, you see a particular type of, you know, energetic um, snarl in the body and you're like, oh, I know what to do with that. And you go to do it. And Reiki's like, nah. <laughs> yeah. And you'll find yourself all of a sudden there without the Reiki you know then or if you're like like me when I when I first started adding modalities Mm -hmm. and like you know doing custom stuff you know client tells me what they what what their goals are and when I first started out doing all this it would be like okay these are the goals 
I know exactly what essential oils to use. Right. Oh, I have this whole plan with my crystals. And then I'd get over there. I'd start doing the Reiki. And Reiki's like, no, those aren't the crystals you're using. You're using these ones. Oh, and by the way, you're not doing any aromatherapy at all. You're just going to sit there and do Reiki and fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's my favorite one that's my favorite one it happens more often than than you think especially when you start getting excited about your techniques you're like i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do this and then you're like okay hard breathing open up the space set my intention to receive oh i'm gonna sit here <laughs> oh no i, I think my favorite is when, when you're at the head of the table and you're all you're doing is doing a scan with reiki you're just like yeah. sitting there scanning and then suddenly you're like and then you wake up and you're like what time is it? You look at your clock. Oh, the session's over. The, se- <laughs> the session's over. <laughs> yeah, Reiki will bring you both what you need. And that's one of the joys of being a Reiki practitioner, actually. It's that, you know, you get Reiki too when you do a session. And sometimes Reiki will put you in the corner and say, just sit here and breathe. Time for you to Time relax. for you to rest and rest. <laughs> Nothing better than going into a session thinking you're going to be exhausted and then waking up more rejuvenated than you did going to work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not that the Reiki stops flowing for the client. Right. If you go into, you know, a comatose resting state yourself. You're Um, just an amplifier. Right. Exactly. We're the, we're the microphone or the amplifier, you know, taking that vibration and making it bigger so that their energy field can feel it too. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So you were talking about harmonizing. One of the um, analogies that we use for Reiki is the tuning fork analogy, right? Mm. Um, That, uh, you know, the idea behind when we talk about feelings and energy and like people match your energy or whatever, what we're talking about is the same kind of idea um, as when you're tuning an instrument, right? When you have it for any of you who've ever played an instrument, you know that sometimes it goes out of tune right? And you have to retune the, the thing. So um, when you, it's not that, you know, your instrument is broken or, you know, it bad. can't be played anymore. It's bad. It's wrong. It's just out of tune now. Yeah. Okay. So we got to go retune it, right? So Reiki is like the tuning fork. And you know, when the practitioner rings the tuning fork, then the instrument of your body goes, oh, yes, I remember how to sing that song in tune, right? And then your natural healing mechanisms will move you back into the song, the sound, the vibration of well-being. And that's really all that's happening is you're holding, like as the practitioner, we are holding the tune and holding that sense of in-tuneness. And then the client's body will start to move through that natural healing me- mechanism back toward that song of well-being. Yeah. Which so is the reasons. For these wonderful little beginners. Yes. Are there any, like, I know that we didn't get to talk about all the different uh, metaphysical approaches that you can use Reiki for, like. Yes. Uh, that's- go <laughs> ahead and drop a that's couple. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> drop, drop a couple of those little, you know, tidbits in. But if you guys have any practices that, you know, are playful and fun for like a super beginner who's just using it for self-healing, what what do you guys recommend for like playing around with this energy and, you know, being able to create, you know, cre- create a 
a wonderful experience using using this. Well, Reiki is a state of being, right? It is a state of feeling that, again, that sense of well-being, that sense of universal love, that sense of I'm safe in the universe, right? So as you're going through your life, um, you can play with what is it like if I do that, do these activities with that feeling, right? You're going to go make yourself something to eat. Okay, cool. I'm going to do some harder breathing. I'm going to get into that feel-good space. And what do I want to eat? Do what happens, right? And a lot of times you'll get an urge for what you want to eat and follow it and see what happens, right? Sometimes you get into that Reiki space and you're like, what do I want to eat? And you look at the thing that's in front of you and you really don't want to eat it. Okay, don't eat it. Pick something else, right? So for all of those who like to eat junk food in the middle of the night, maybe try this, this practice. <laughs> well, again, it's not judgmental. <laughs> so, I mean, sometimes, you know, different tools are good for different things. So mm. if junk food is actually going to move you toward well-being in that moment, then guess what? Reiki's going to tell you to eat it. If you have chocolate in your bedside night table drawer, right? And, you know, what you need in that moment is a little more energy or a little little bit of self-comfort or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, the Reiki might say, yeah, have the chocolate. Right. Because that might be the next easiest step for you to move towards your well-being. Mm. So it's not necessarily that there is any step that is objectively wrong as long as it's moving you toward your own well-being. And that can look different for anybody. Like everybody's journey toward well-being is different. And it's really important that we not judge ourselves as we are, you know, moving through that journey. And, you know, Reiki might give you steps that you're like, wait a minute, really? I should do that? And yeah, if you are in that flow of well-being and, you know, you're, you're feeling connected, you're feeling like grounded and centered and present and good. And you're like, okay, what, what's the next move? And Reiki moves you towards something that's surprising. That's not unusual, actually. Reiki will often move you towards something that's surprising. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we we used to practice letting Reiki guide our day. If you have a day that there's nothing to do, right? It's your day off, right? Wake up in the morning and start the Reiki. Like, okay, what should I do next, Reiki? And let Reiki move you through the flow of the day. Um, We found that to be a very rewarding practice. Um, You know, sometimes it will... Do you guys remember any of those days? What did I do? Yeah. Well, mine would often actually start with exercise. Normally when I get up, I need to eat first thing. So that was very surprising to me that I wasn't immediately super hungry because I usually wake up hungry. Um, Reiki would be like, okay, and now we're going to go work out. We're going to go do some yoga. And I'd be like, really? (laughs) Oh, am I going to be okay? Okay. All right. I'll give that a shot. And if I get too hungry, I can always stop and eat. And I never did as soon as I got moving and I felt really good because that was the flow of that particular day. And my body wanted that. It was fine. It felt really good. And then, you know, what do I want to eat after that was suddenly an easy question. And, you know, my body was very clear about, I want cold water and chia seed pudding or something, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever it was, it was often not a thing I would normally do. Sometimes it was just have breakfast, do the normal thing. Um, but listening in, like it, it would just change out activities or the order I would normally do the activity in 
until it felt good to do that thing. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of ways I have planned my life with my, you know, thinky brain where I'm like, okay, well, it would make sense if I did this task first because it's the hardest and I want to get it over with. (laughs) And I go into it full of dread and full of anticipation and it's really, really, really hard. But if I were to sit back in Reiki in that moment and be like, okay, so how do I, I know that this needs to get done. What's the best way to approach the day? Mm. He's often going to be like, actually, you need to go take a walk first. Actually, you need to have some quiet space and do some meditation or some breathing and get your body back into a place where you feel good and you feel safe. Because then when you take that feeling into that task, it's a different task. Mm. It's often much easier. If you wait for Reiki to tell you when it's time to do the thing, it it's just easy and it flows and it feels good. And it's not the big stress fest I thought it was going to be because I was listening to that flow. And there are times when Reiki's like, no, actually you shouldn't be doing that. That's why it's stressing you out. That's not good for you. That's not, that's not a move. That's actually a direction you want to move. So don't do that. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, no, but I need to go do the thing. And Reiki's like, no, you don't. <laughs> what would happen if you didn't? Yeah. You sure? You sure you need that? Because maybe there's this other thing that could feel better and be more in alignment with where you actually want to go with your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes Reiki will tell you to rest. Sometimes Reiki will tell you to go to the spa. Sometimes Reiki will tell you to go to the beach. We, we had quite a few beach days that were Reiki days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I did have days that were work days where mm-hmm. Reiki was like, okay, great. You have this burst of energy and all this motivation and excitement. And like, now it's time to go do the work. Now it's time to dig into that task that looked so hard before. And with all of that, like good feeling, inspired motivation behind me, it was so much easier to do the work. Mm -hmm. So it's not that Reiki's always passive and relax and do nothing stillness. Sometimes Reiki's very active. Yes. It's just, what does your life need in that moment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I love that practice because I personally have never done that practice. So here I am 10 years in and I'm (laughs) learning new things. Yeah. But um, there was a time that I recall where Mm -hmm. something similar where I was doing Reiki just as like I I used to do it in the evenings uh, at my little meditation corner and I was just doing Reiki and I got this urge to go drive. And I was like, yes. I'm going to go drive. So I got my car. I drove. And I drove to my, at the time, off. It was like near my office, but it wasn't my office. It was over there. You know, you guys know the spot over there mm-hmm. off of Montrose. You know, I, you know, went down one of the residential roads. And I, I was still like doing my heart breathing, just like, where am I supposed to go? And I was like, okay, park here. And there was all these big trees. And I was like, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. Take a walk. Mm-hmm. Why? It's like 1230 in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> because. Okay. So I like stepped out of my car and I, you know, I remember walking and I was like still in the Reiki flow. I was like, I'm really nervous walking down the street like alone. And this was, this was like a while ago back, you know, gosh, it, this must have been like, I don't know. It was like right when I first got the office. Yeah. I hadn't really like been in that monstrous area very long. And I was at the time on and off with cigarettes. And I remember like pulling out my cigarette. I was like, I, I, you know, the Reiki was like, this will help you feel better, safer or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I smoked like, I think I only smoked like half the cigarette. I felt safer for some reason. I don't know why. It was like my coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And I walked down the street 
And it was like, okay, sit here. And I was just doing Reiki. Yep. And I was like, do I just keep, yep, just keep doing Reiki. Okay. And a fox that yeah. had been coming down off, you know, it was during those fires that, that we were yeah. having. And it came down off that fire hill and it just came up and it was limping. And I opened my eyes and I see this fox right next to me. And it just sat down, laid down on the pavement. I'm still doing Reiki. Yep. It was so close. And I'm just doing mm -hmm. Reiki. And I'm like, oh, I'm here for this fox. Cool. Yes. And I just was doing Reiki. I just closed my eyes. We hung out. I don't even know how long I was there. I was yep. there for a good long while, though. Mm -hmm. I opened my eyes. And the Reiki flow felt like a weird little trickle at some point. I was like, oh, okay. We're, I guess we're closing out here. And the fox got up and it looked at me and I mean, foxes don't talk, but if it were, I, I, I'm sure they were saying thank you. Yeah. And it walked away and I swear to God that fox did not have a limp. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And yeah. It just wandered off and I was like, I wonder if that fox got hurt. I don't know. But that was really cool. Yeah. And I was like just walking around after that. I was like, I think I'm done. It's kind of creepy. It's like two in the morning i think I'm go. it's time to go to bed now yeah <laughs> but i remember that so clearly that reiki took me on this interesting yeah. adventure where i met a fox and yeah uh -huh. and so, you were such a weird such a weird experience yeah yeah oh animals love reiki they feel that good well-being sensation and they they will often come over i mean i've i've had lots of weird encounters with wildlife being like oh can i have some i had a, a wild hummingbird come and sit right behind me on a park bench like practically on my shoulder one time and just like soak it up and then as soon as i was done he gave me this happy little like thank you yeah. and then no way and like yep i've i've had like wild rabbits come sit at my feet mm -hmm. i've had seagulls like a flock of seagulls come and just sit around me and chill Mm -hmm. like not even like squawking and trying to get to my stuff, you know, they're just, they sit down and, ah, <laughs> in this space and walk away. Yeah. You know? So uh, yeah, it's a very, it's a very powerful space you can create by getting tuned into that feeling and everybody around you can feel it too. Mm -hmm. You can, you can change the room that you're in. Um, even, even when I'm not doing Reiki, like for a client or something, if there's an emergency situation, my reflex now after practicing for like 12 years is to get into the Reiki space automatically I drop into that flow and it, it shifts the room. Everybody around you starts reacting differently. It's like everybody is feeling subconsciously that call toward this is what's needed right now. And things just start to go right where they were like chaotic and messy and maybe going wrong before everything just kind of starts to go right. It's a beautiful thing to watch. And I, I think you guys must have at one point given me given me some advice that when I start feeling triggered, you know, I, you guys know, I used to have a lot of emotional problems. You guys met me at the very beginning of this journey when I was still diagnosed with bipolar and mm -hmm. super not healthy. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I mean, people on the podcast don't, don't know. I mean, I kind of told them, but there was a point when I was not good. You guys, <laughs> They can they can attest to this. I was not doing so so hot. But we all start somewhere on our journey, right? <laughs> right. right. And there was a point where you guys told me to use Reiki when I got triggered. 
Yeah. And I remember there were multiple times with my current partner where he, you know, he was saying something or getting mad at me and I got, you know, I started to feel triggered. And I started to do Reiki just because I didn't want, I didn't want to be reactive. I didn't want right. to have this explosion where I'm breaking things or yelling or doing something super. I just had really unhealthy reactions, you guys, like. Mm-hmm. crazy person reactions i'm i'm ashamed of it but i'm no longer like that so um you and know, this, this it's not something space. to be ashamed of that's just the place <laughs> you were in that's just your mental health yeah. at the time that's okay yeah. I mean, you are what you are and you work from there <laughs> well and there were reasons for that <laughs> i mean I, I really don't feel like that's embarrassing you know from an from you know an outside perspective like that's we're not embarrassed for you yeah we're not embarrassed for you because you know it it was you were carrying a lot of trauma and a lot of wounds and this was you know this is where you were and you were using the tools that you had so you know everybody starts somewhere and you know we can start in very dark places and that's not something to be ashamed of it's just this is this is what you've gone through in your life. And actually the fact that you're still alive uh, in those moments is like, Oh, you, you've got, uh, you know, there, there's life in you that wants to live. And that's really powerful. And sometimes that might be all you have in those kinds of moments or in those kinds of places in your life. If you've been through a lot, You know, and even if you think you haven't been through a lot, whatever you're feeling is valid. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that you're feeling it. And, you know, there's a reason that we all act and behave the way that we do. And a lot of it has to do with trauma and the things that we've gone through that have hurt us. And that's actually, you know, a beautiful thing that Reiki can help you with is, you know, when you're in those those times of feeling you know, out of control or helpless or just in pain, in your life, you know, finding that calm, centered, okay, right now in this moment, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go in the bathroom and lock the door. I'm going to, you know, go in my bedroom and cuddle up under the blankets and I'm just going to breathe. I'm going to breathe from my belly and I'm going to be in the moment right now. And I'm going to think about, okay, right now in this moment, in this, you know, locked bathroom, in this cozy bed, I'm safe right now and I'm just going to be here. I'm going to be here and I'm going to be safe right here in my bed or wherever it is. Right. And appreciate the perspective and compassion. I know, I know for me, you know, looking back, I'm like, oh man, what was up with that? But hearing you guys like really take that perspective and being like, that's just where you were. And we see like how, how you were. The fact you're still alive is a miracle. <laughs> yes. And, and it's you know, we're you glad you used the tools we taught you and look at you now. Like, that yes. means a lot. And what's well, funny we, is we I was, I was getting them. to that where I used your tool, the mm-hmm. Reiki tool. Yeah. And yeah. it's funny because in those moments when I'd be getting triggered by other people, my parents or my partner, mm-hmm. and I do Reiki for myself, not for them, just, right. just for me. Yeah. Yes. It, there was always a point when I would like, when I got calm and I was finally in the observation yes. place. Yes. I was no longer feeling triggered. I actually was in this state of compassion, right? Yes. Where I'm, just, I'm yes. like, you know what? Why are they so upset? I started to like, you know, and they forget what they're yelling at me about. They just immediately like, 
Wait, what what was I talking about? I, like, I yeah. don't know. I was just listening to you. It yeah. sounds like you were just getting a lot off your chest. Yeah. What were you saying? And they're like, I don't remember. And I'm like, okay. oh, why? Well, I, I don't either. I was just listening. Yeah. <laughs> so this is something that we actually do know scientifically um, is that emotions are contagious, right? And that, you know, if you want to boil Reiki down to something very basic, it's that. It's that emotions are contagious. So, you know... Uh, we we see that phenomenon um, if you know, someone shouts fire in a crowded room, like everybody panics, right? Yeah. And the fear spreads very quickly. It's a very strong emotion, right? So in that same way, any strong emotion becomes contagious. It becomes a focal point, an anchor in the room. So if you're very strong emotion, and by strong, I just mean like settled in you, mm-hmm. right? If you're very steady, settled emotion is that sense of peace and well-being and compassion and universal love. Or even just calm listening. Yeah. Or even just calm listening, right? Then the people in the room around you, their bodies will start to hear you. They and start to tune to you. They'll be like, oh, I like that feeling, actually. And uh, maybe I want a little bit more of that. To the point where it can disrupt the thought pattern or whatever it is that they're saying, like, as as you notice, right? Yep. And you know, yep. so so we do Reiki for ourselves very much, especially in the beginning. You want to focus on yourself. I'm doing Reiki for myself. I'm doing it for my benefit. I'm doing it for my well being. You want to be very careful that even though you start to see these changes in the room where where you know people start shifting their behavior as you're doing this, you want to be very careful not to get shift into the mindset of like, oh, I'm going to do this to you, right? No, no, that's what's actually so funny is like when I was doing it for me and Mm -hmm. I noticed it was affecting people, I was, you know, you guys always have this playful mindset of what happens if, right? Right, And I was like, you know what? There was like one time where, where, you know, he was getting all worked up very similar to the time before. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I want to see what happens if I do the Reiki for him. Right. What happened was he got more triggered. Yes. yes because he was not consent like there was yes. you know he felt like now he was being attacked by something yes and like what's funny is he even like when i when i after the fight and like i had to go for a walk because it escalated very quickly after that yep. and yep. i was like let me just get out i'm gonna go for a walk i came back and he's like i don't know why i got so mad at you i'm so sorry i got so mad at you mm-hmm. but like you know you were doing this and this but then when we were talking i felt like you were attacking me like you were really attacking me and i was like i was just doing reiki at you and he was like well i obviously did not want that yeah like right well the last time i was doing Reiki for me and you seemed to like like really like that i was like well why don't you stick to that i was like i was just playing with it i'm so sorry yeah why don't you stick to that (laughs) yeah and i mean you you know Obviously, you guys are not being trained to do the Reiki for others, but I can give you an example of why that might not be the best in that situation. Yes, and this this is a very common thing that happens with mm-hmm. certain types of practitioners who learn more the doing energy rather than the being energy is they will start to push on people with their energy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, like you said, um, that's not consensual, right? Yeah. Therefore, it's threatening. The other person says, you're trying to manipulate me. Uh, no. Yeah. Excuse you. You're trying to push on me. I don't like that. Right? Uh-huh. People don't even, like to be Even if it's around. Reiki, it's still, you know, they'll feel it as an invasion. Well, then it stops being Reiki. And, and it starts yeah. being you manipulating energy. Yeah, yeah. It starts being you 
you know, pushing, pushing your energy around and, yeah. you know, and actually that's not Reiki. Right. So, so even when we talk about as practitioners, you know, oh, I'm going to go do a session. I'm going to do Reiki for this person. Actually, what we're saying is I'm going to go and sit in the room with this person and do Reiki for myself. I'm going to be the Reiki. I'm just going to go Reiki. Right. Yes. I'm just going to go Reiki. I'm and just going to Reiki. Yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So one of the, the concepts in Reiki um, that actually is from the master level, but I'm going to bring it in here because it is one of those very beautiful, simple concepts is that doing Reiki, being Reiki is like being a great bright light. So when you turn a light on in the room, right, you don't have to like shine it in people's eyeballs, right? <laughs> People like that. But if you just are like a glowing lamp in the room, people will still be illuminated, right? They're going to come into your space because it's warm and golden and feels good and it's beautiful and it's lighting up the darkness, right? And they're going to come and be gravitated toward that because it's a lovely space to be in. But you don't want to take your lamp and shine it in their eyeballs. <laughs> you know, not a lovely space to be in when you're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially, especially if somebody's over in the corner, like picking their nose, they just don't want to be illuminated right. in that moment. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, the, there are, you'll see this with animals too, especially cats. Like if you're doing Reiki in a room for cats, they often don't want to be in your lap because it's too intense. Yeah. They will actually go sit just outside the room and, you know, sit right out of sight and enjoy the Reiki. Yep. And that's so, like probably the most sensitive dogs. They're very sensitive. Dogs will literally come up and lay right on you. Yep. Rabbits, they, mm -hmm. they, they, they kind of also come up and are right up on you. The, my cats, like even my cat who sleeps in my arms at mm -hmm. night, if I'm doing Reiki, she is like, Hell no, don't touch me. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's I don't know. I've, I've tried yeah. it so many times. I'm like, I can see you got a boo-boo. Let me, like, let me just hold this space for you. And she will literally get up from my lap and leave. And leave. And, yeah. and then she'll sit on the other end of the room and kind of like. Yes, exactly. She's she'll smile. And like, I'm like, but didn't you want to be over here? And she's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good over here. Concert with the with the giant speakers that are up super high. Like when I go to a concert, I actually can't be in the front row because it's it's painful to be that close to the noise. But if I stand a couple rows back with some bodies between me and that speaker to absorb some sound, then I'm good. And I love being at the concert. Mm -hmm. And I think that for cats, it's kind of the same thing. Like their hearing on the energy level is so sensitive mm -hmm. that it becomes sensory overload if they're too close. Yeah. Now some cats will cur curl right up in your lap and go to sleep. But some cats don't want to be that close to to get yeah. to it. Yeah. So so again, to bring this back around, um, when you're practicing Reiki, right, um, you want to, again, do the Reiki for you, be the Reiki for you. And, you know, even if you start to see changes around, you, even if you start to see people like, ooh, I want to come into your space or animals, be careful not to then beam the Reiki at them, right? Yeah. You, you know, be careful not to get excited about that and like, oh, I'm going to shine the Reiki on you because they yeah. will probably get up and leave. Yeah. yeah. Keep yeah. doing what you're doing. Keep holding that beautiful space. Keep breathing. Keep relaxing and just enjoy. Enjoy, yeah. you know, what what the Reiki brings you. And don't don't try and make it bigger. I've done that, too, where I got excited because, I, you know, and you get noticed or, you know, somebody's noticing and then you're like, oh, I'm going to do more. <laughs> bigger and then it's like people are like uh show off and like it's almost like they can tell they're just like eh. <laughs> no 
about this. You know, I think again, it's about like if you're if you're the lamp in the room, right? And you're you're glowing, and then you see people coming, you're like, oh, I'm gonna turn it up brighter. And then people are like, oh, it's too bright. You know, you want to let them, you want to let the the people joining you, the animals joining you, adjust themselves, right? They know exactly. how close or how far they want to be from you, and you just keep doing what you're doing. You know, you just keep doing what you're doing, and and let it happen, let it unfold, let them pick where they want to be in relationship to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, about giving up control, right? It's just about surrendering to that moment and being in that beautiful space and letting life unfold in front of you. Oh, I love that so much. Thank you guys so much for coming on, and um, I'd love to know what you guys have been up to. Is there anything that you want to share with the listeners? Do you guys have any? Anything that you're doing that you would love them to check out? Um, well, I wanted to do one thing before we wrap up here. Absolutely. Um, is as you're looking for Reiki practitioners or as you're looking for a Reiki teacher um, and you're looking through the descriptions, a lot of times practitioners will have websites and they'll describe their classes. They'll describe what Reiki is. Um um look for the practitioners that talk about Reiki as a being modality and not as a doing modality. Look out for those fixing words. Look out for those like um, the the kinds of words that imply miracle cures or the kinds of words that imply that you're going to be a great healer kind of thing, because that's very much not the tone of what Reiki is. You want to look for the practitioners that are um, talking about Reiki as a state of being, as a wellness practice, um, as something that you know can can move you toward health and well-being, but is not going to cause it. Right mm-hmm. again, you're looking for that being and not the doing. Improved um, quality of life, but not mm-hmm. not but not going to cure your life. stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and then and then also you know looking at Reiki again. Remember, it's a very simple modality. So if you see. Reiki teachers talking about chakras and, um, you know, uh, what, what are the other, like, if you, if you see people talking about, you know, when I go clockwise, I'm removing energy. And when I go counterclockwise, I'm putting energy in or whatever it is that they're saying, like, that's, that's very specific manipulation skills. Those are not from the system of Reiki. They are from Western energy work. Mm-hmm. They are not necessarily bad things to do if you're well-trained in doing them, but they are definitely not Reiki itself. Right. So you want to make sure that your practitioner actually has a basis in what Reiki is mm-hmm. and isn't just going into your field and doing energy surgery that they might not be qualified to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking for the very simple well-being practices, not for the like fancy, um, you know, I use 15 colors of lights to clear yeah. out all of your, you know, <laughs> all of your imbalances or whatever. Yeah. And I'm ripping blocks out of you. Ripping blocks out of you. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, another, another thing that we see go by a lot is like, this is the most powerful Reiki. It's more powerful than anybody else's Reiki. It's like super advanced kind of like grandmaster Reiki. Grandmaster Reiki, stuff like that, where they're trying to like say that they're superior to other practitioners, like that to us is a big red flag. Like um, you don't want people that are trying to sell you this like, you know, super Saiyan hyped up level 9,000 type. That's just a marketing gimmick. And at the end, I don't know. That sounds really cool though. It does sound cool. Super Saiyan Saiyan Reiki. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
but like people who are talking about their Reiki practice in that way tend to be the people doing the ego stuff not not the people who know I I just you guys said that and then I would I was seeing it I was like man that seems cool yeah Yeah. and those people get a lot of clients for they that do. reason they it's do get a lot of clients. seductive marketing but it's not really what reiki is yeah. or is about yeah at the end of the day what they're doing is energy manipulation yeah and and you know you can hurt people that way even yeah. if they call it reiki you know if what they're doing is energy manipulation and all that like i'm this is the most powerful reiki it fixes everything it's 10 times more powerful than regular reiki or whatever like they're doing energy manipulation that's what yeah. they're doing uh, so you, you're, I mean, Reiki is a very humble practice, right? It's a very non-ego driven, very like the self takes a back seat. You know, you are the instrument, you are the facilitator, you are not the doer, you are not the guru, right? So mm-hmm. if you are hearing- Reiki people, is the guru. Right? <laughs> you are just no. the watcher. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're you're the reed that the Reiki blows through, right? And makes beautiful music. Aww, so you're looking for that. that. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're looking for that kind of languaging for your practitioners and for your teachers. Um, because that that is the spiritual practice of Reiki, is that very much um simple, get out of the way, um, letting go of control, surrendering and letting life show you. That's Reiki. Yeah. So back to your question about what we are currently working on. I have a website for my private practice. I do sessions um, both here in Monrovia and also um, online. So if you're interested, we can drop links to my website. Is that a thing we can do, Emily? Yeah, I'm going to have all your guys' info. You guys just, uh, you know... So you can check out um, my project. <laughs> Text it to me. <laughs> if you're interested. Yeah. And then also we are starting a new endeavor that is not quite up and running yet. Um, should we talk about that? Um, I mean, are we ready to talk about that? If we're not, it's okay. I mean, ba- basically another thing that we do um, is like life coaching, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like kind of Reiki inspired, Reiki based life coaching. Um, so if like, and, and like we were talking about Reiki days, right. Mm-hmm. Um, in that same way, you know, you get into the flow and then, um, you have a, a coaching session in that Reiki space. Right. Yeah. Kind of thing. So that's another, another thing that we do. Um, and that's also available mm-hmm. through, um, zoom and both of us have what we call trauma-informed practices yes which means that we are very familiar with all kinds of mental illnesses and disabilities and working with neurodivergent people and queer people um so our practice is well informed about things like societal oppression Mm -hmm. and racism Mm -hmm. and um you know ableism and uh, we are able to hold space for um, whatever your journey might be and wherever you're starting and wherever it is that you feel like you need to end up. And we're not going to be making assumptions about what we think your life should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, or judgments about where your life is now. Right. And that yeah. that's part of what we mean by trauma-informed is that, you know, trauma shapes you in a particular way. It shapes your behaviors and your thoughts and your emotions and you know what gets manifested in your life um so you know when when we're 
when we're doing our practice, we're always assuming that there's probably trauma, right? And therefore we're going to be conscientious and holding the kind of safe space to try and minimize potential triggers and minimize, um, you know, uh, potential activating, um, like turns of phrases or ways of being right. To try and make that as safe a space as possible, um, no matter what kind of trauma you're bringing to the table. So we want to collaborate with you about what you want as a client. Um, we're not going to impose our goals on you. Mm -hmm. We want you to be able to lead the session with your, what it is you want to get out of it. We're not going to make assumptions about what you should want for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, we're not going to push our agenda on you for what that healing process should look like because your inner physician knows and we don't. Yes. Um, um, and the space is going to be set up in a way that is as accessible and comfortable as possible mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, everybody can use it without having to worry too much about, you know, not being able to be in that safe space, being yeah. in that safe, healing, relaxing space. Yeah. Yeah. The goal is to create an environment that feels safe enough that the, um, the things that are, that are asking for healing feel safe enough to come out mm -hmm. and start that process. Mm -hmm. What I find really incredible about the work you guys are doing is there really aren't a lot of people that have experience in all of those areas like you guys have experience with obviously trauma but you're also talking about you know like cultural inclusion you're mm -hmm. talking about um understanding like ableism and the struggle with disabilities and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like those are some big area like there's huge huge groups of people that are not getting that kind of attention and like, I'm sure there's a lot of people struggling to find support. And the mm -hmm. fact that you guys are able to offer that, like, that's mm -hmm. remarkable. I really, I just, I really want to shine a light on that. Cause that's, there, there's, that's a, a very small niche of practitioners um, that are able to hold space for that. So I just, I commend we, you guys. We also that. teach that. Yeah. Um, we, we do run classes um, both privately and at the massage school, um, Hands-On Healing Institute. Um, we do run Reiki classes there also. And, and also ethics classes. Ethics classes and business classes on how to run and start and market your practice. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, if you do feel very called to this work and you resonate strongly with the kind of expertise that we have, mm -hmm. we also teach. Yes. This, these are the kinds of practitioners that we help get out into the world because we think this work is very important. Yeah. You've got a class on... Um, I've got a Reiki 2 class coming no, up. No, no, I mean on... Um, oh, 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 thank you. You're right. Okay. You. I have a class on you, Demi. <laughs> All right. Thank you for reminding me that I have something to... I was going to throw that in, but I'm glad you guys remembered. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I've got a class on you, Demi. It's called Get Clients and Make Money, and it is the set of business skills that um, I teach at the massage school in an online accessible format you once you buy into the course you can take as long as you want to finish it mm -hmm. um, and i'm in there answering questions um, it's a video course so you can take it at your own pace you know any time of the day that's convenient for you and basically what i'm going to cover in that course are things like you know how do you get started what are ethics what's a business 
you know, how do you, how do you, how set do you up organize a business? a business, organize a business? How do you actually get clients into your business? Because that's maybe the scariest part for all of us mm-hmm. starting out is where do you get clients? How do you talk to people to get them to say yes to paying you for something? Um, and you know, those, those sorts of yeah. getting started skills for the private practice model, right? If you wanted to start your own private practice and start charging clients for this kind of work, um, once you have, once you have a certification, you can do that, or you can get certified through the Udemy on- online course. There's also energy work certification included in that business class. Yes. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And I really do encourage all you listeners out there to check them out because as you can tell, as some of the stuff they said, you can tell that they really influenced my journey and my passions for ethics and my passions for for what I do. They these these gals, uh, uh, people. You know, Thank you. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Thank you. Thank uh, you. I, I met you when you were a different person. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. Now I'm all embarrassed. Okay, no, I got it. People, I appreciate the incredible humans. Okay. <laughs> uh, they they really shaped um, my my journey and helped me uh, become who I am and be able to offer these skills to you all listening. So I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful. You guys and- are doing incredible work. And I know because I'm one of one of I'm one of the products of your labor. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we're very glad that we were able to help you uh, and give you tools and facilitate your healing journey. And we are very inspired by the place that you have landed after all of that. You have done so much work on your own, and it's really beautiful to see you blossoming like this. Yes. I, I love you guys. I'm just so grateful. And we love you too very much. Thank you. I, I'm always cheering you guys on. You may not always see me on. I'm so bad at social media. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I see you guys and I'm always recommending you to everybody. And I'm I'm around. I'm I appreciate that. Yeah, we're cheering you on too. Yes. <laughs> and thank you very much for having us on your show. What a lovely thing you're doing here. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel that some of those tools you guys taught me not even in classes like yeah um so so these people they they had this channeling group Mm -hmm. totally it was just a group where they just were practicing connecting with their own guidance uh sometimes they were spirit guides sometimes they were just higher parts of themselves and they were just answering questions and it was such an innocent practice but the the spirit that was coming through them gave me guidance on how to manage things that I had struggled with my entire life. And really, I mean, those tools are what I'm bringing here. And I, I learned through the channeling practices how to connect with my own inner guidance and things just developed. And I've, I've taught these tools now to you guys. I'm tra- just sharing all the sh- stuff, <laughs> all the stuff they yeah. taught me. So well, you're, we're very glad you're paying it forward. <laughs> <laughs> I, ha- I have to give you guys the credit because, I mean, really, a journey is like it's a bunch of different people and experiences all yeah. turned into a big quilt of life. And you guys 
really and were like, like the first quilt pieces. Yeah, and you very much made it your own. And you know, now you have this this beautiful practice of your own. And like that's a lot you. So take credit for that too. Yeah. Also, you're awesome and you're doing really well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So thank you well, for having us today. It's lovely. Yeah. And for all of those listening, please go check out those links and you know support support the masters <laughs> <laughs> and um thank you guys so much for for joining me today thank you S- cynthia and toby for joining me as well thank you for and, having us yeah and thank you all for doing the practices and i hope you guys continue to apply these reiki tools to your everyday life And thank you all for ascending together. Have a good day. Bye.
Are you ready to ascend to the next level? This is Rainbow Raja, your spirit guide calling. Please be sure to keep all arms and legs inside your vessel at all times. I'm just here to remind you to take some time today. Support Rainbow's Rising podcast. Go join the Discord community. Check out the Patreon. Get some stickers, custom tarot cards. Check out the merch. The merch. You know you want to. Go connect with Rainbow Raja. Maybe even get a session. Who knows? Your support helps make this show possible. And she loves to support you. Help support her too. Once again, this is Rainbow Raja, your spirit guide, guiding you to your ascension.